Ohne Villas wären wir gar nicht hier. Welcome to RB Alley Global Tracks, Leipzig's very first RB Leipzig podcast in English. And uh, this podcast is brought to you by your hosts, Richard and Mario. And amongst us, we are season ticket holders, passionate supporters, and really not so neutral local pundits. And both of us have been following Leipzig football since our childhood days. So if you want to hear about RB Leipzig, capture the mood of the fans in the city. And if you like, and wish to go beyond numbers and statistics, you're in the right place. We're delighted to welcome you on board. Let's go and auf geht's, Leipziger Jungs. And I'm actually very delighted to have Richard here today because you must know that his voice almost gave up on him last night during the Champions League match. Um, Richard, how are you today? Thanks, thanks, Mario. Um, I'm oh sorry <laughs> to any listeners. Um, uh, I will. I would like to apologize uh, for my rough voice this evening. But as Heavy you said, drinking. no, I, no, I, I have no, no idea where, where this come from. Um, but you said it uh, yesterday. I, um, mm. So you have to imagine um, we both were in the stadium, in the stands, and every time. Uh, I wanted to talk to Mario. I had to uh, put on my cell phone and and write it in a message and show him because I wasn't uh, I wasn't playing simple, not able to speak. So I will give my best this evening. We really all appreciate that, and um, thanks, thank you that you could make. But to be honest, last night you sounded so much worse. So, um, what are we going to talk about today, Richard? Can you enlighten us? Mm -hmm. Okay, yeah, we're doing a little recap of our. 3-1 victory yesterday night over at Stobler Great. Um, then there was some action going on in the halftime. Mm -hmm. There was some old men down in the infield and was um, introduced as some former LBL players. We will talk about that case. And, and a finally, party train, I understand. A party train, a not party to miss the party train. train. Yeah. <laughs> I, will, I, will, I, will, I will talk about that. And finally... We will take a short preview of the upcoming Bundesliga encounter against STFT Cut. Awesome. Thank you very much, Richard. Um, yeah, let's have a quick look at the uh, Belgrade encounter last night. And if I may, I'd like to start because it was the setting was different than, than usual. Because uh, before, before the game started, one or two days before the game went ahead, there were articles about uh, increased police presence um, for this game. And usually RB Leipzig has a setting which is, which is really secure, very family-friendly, and there's, there's little uh, trouble going on, really. But um, the uh, reputation of Belgrade supporters uh, was that case, was that I had, um, there about 1,600 to 1,800 supporters who were looking for violence and were looking for trouble. And uh, the uh, police in Leipzig was supported by other police from, from the surrounding counties, Bundesländer. And they had about 1,000 troops or 1,000 uh, people on the ground um, to oversee the game. There was a chopper in operation at all times. And Belgrade fans, uh, supporters would gather in the city center, or I would say about a kilometer away from the stadium, and they would march down uh, one of the main roads, the Janale, 
using a lot of pyro. I don't know what's that in English. Pyro, a um, lot of lightning and, and a lot of smoke going up. Um, and it was quite forceful because the, that road is, is quite, well, it is a main road, but still narrow and it echoes a lot. So that sounds quite powerful. It was dark, it was rainy. And I believe uh, they would go past a supermarket in the street as well. And there were reports that quite a bit of alcohol was stolen. And I think you were in the in the uh, supermarket as well, Richard, in that consum. Yeah, I was. I was there. Um, I've been there, but I'm not sure if this was this uh, supermarket. Mm. But uh, as you mentioned it, um, this is a supermarket um, where I usually come by when I walk to the stadium. Mm. Um, the last game uh, before the match against Man City, um, like an hour or 45 minutes before the game, there were lots of RBL supporters. Um, talking to each other, singing, and, and go buying some um, beer. And this time, <laughs> this store was, was literally empty. <laughs> so it was me and three great supporters uh, who was who bought some, some beer and cigarettes and, and, and knew nobody else. And I was wondering, mm -hmm. is, is there a game tonight uh, or what? Yeah, it was a really strange. This I can echo this feeling because we were taking a different tour to the stadium. We were walking. Um, I was walking along with uh, my neighbor Sina and her husband Stefan, and uh, we did we did go to the game quite early because we were told there are quite a few extra checks, and uh, they were actually checking and had checkpoints around the uh, roads leading into Leipzig as well, starting in the afternoon. So there were quite a few tailbacks as well. So we decided to walk to to uh, to the Red Bull Arena, and it was quite empty. It felt quite empty. It was dark. It was rainy. It was cold. Uh, it was a subdued atmosphere. Not everybody would necessarily wear their RB Leipzig kit. Or they would, might wear a jacket over it and then take it off as they get closer to the stadium. So it was a lot different from the uh, usual atmosphere that we're used to where you feel quite safe and where you you just go to a football game. You can take your kids and your family. But once I was in the stadium, I did see groups of police uh, with the riot gear, actually. Helmets off, though. Um, and that was a strange sight. But on the other hand, it was quite reassuring. Um, the uh, the uh, away supporters had their own section, but around it, there were quite a few Belgrade supporters as well. And on, on, the, on the other side as well. And, and they would mix with RB Leipzig supporters as well as they got last minute tickets. But generally and and that, that was my impression there was no there was no trouble inside the stadium apart from the fact and that's what i read in, on x twitter today that belgrade supporters were fighting amongst each other for a little bit before the game the, to be honest i didn't pick up on that uh, i was busy chatting and drinking beer so i'm so sorry i got distracted um but 3500 uh, supporters nice group and their chance for actually I, i don't know what they said if they insulted us but <laughs> their chance were really good they uh, uh they were singing all the time they were much noisier take that city fans much noisier than the city fans and they were losing guys so that was That was similar to when we get supporters from Union Berlin. Okay, they show up in a higher number um, and they are more aggressive in German. But all in all, I think that was a, was an excellent atmosphere. They behaved okay. They had a little bit of stuff going on in, in, in their section as well um, during the game. But nothing, nothing majorly overdramatic, to be honest. Not, no, no fireworks, things that we've seen by, by Eintracht supporters. So at the end of the day, it was surprisingly calm. 
apart, I guess, from from two Belgrade supporters who weren't happy with the drinks and they were chucking out their mugs and, well, drew the attention of police officers and security people and they were escorted off the premises. So that was quite interesting to see. Um, Richard, I think um, you felt quite similar, didn't you? Yeah, I'm, <clears throat> I'm totally agreeing with you because even even when I when I was alone on, on the road when I walked to the stadium and there was a handful of Belgrade fans here and, and a handful of Red Star supporters on the other side, I never felt unsafe. And even uh, right in front of the stadium doors, um, <clears throat> there were groups of Belgrade supporters mixing up with RBL supporters, and everything was just fine. Oh, that's good. But getting now to talking about the game now a little bit. When the game started in the first 20 to 25 minutes, I remembered a lot of the things you said in the last episode. Uh, number 33 was, was <laughs> obviously the weak point. And I think you saw this when the first goal, goal was scored. And my impression was, and I'm sorry if I come across as arrogant, I thought, oh, Darmstadt was much tougher. And we should be cruising. And we should be up 3-0 by halftime. Uh, so... Felt really comfortable in the first 20 to 25 minutes, but all of a sudden the whole thing shifted a little bit. And why do you think that was, Richard? It seemed like we lost control even the first half already, or or do you disagree? Um, no, I'm agreeing with that point because, in, in my opinion, um, we tried to 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 move the ball around on on, on short passes uh, a little bit too often especially <coughs> excuse me especially when Janis was involved so yeah so we invited uh, literally Belgrade uh, to find into the game uh, luckily uh, the penalty was um, was taken off the the board um, after mm -hmm. the VAR check because if that penalty would have held up and Belgrade would have scored in that case I think we would have seen a whole more uncomfortable evening than we actually saw <clears throat> I agree and that that was a feeling I had as, as well it could have been a tipping point and uh, from all this domination that we had before uh, not too much was, was left and was sort of tailing towards uh, like a Wiesbaden game the game that we had at Wiesbaden where all of a sudden well, we made the opponent be stronger But um, I think what was really the difference was their substitutions in the second half. You pointed that out as soon as those players came on. I had no idea it was coming on anyway. But uh, I just know, I just remember the numbers, number 30, 22 and 10. They made a huge difference, didn't they, Richard? Uh, absolutely. I was really, really as a, um, not surprised, but impressed what uh, number 30, Usman Upag Bukhari, uh, was, was able to show. Uh, he he played out close to man several times on, on his right side. It was impressive, and he could do anything with the ball. He could uh, run, pass, and shooting. Okay, he couldn't be better in that uh, department, um, but it was clearly upside in in, in quality. Um, then number I don't know. <clears throat> excuse me. I think number 14 was taken off for number 30. And yeah, that was a huge upgrade. And later the game came uh, 22, Majatovic, um, which a player we haven't talked about in our preview. Um, but I had him on, in my mind um, when, when I saw some games from Red Star in, in my preparation uh, of our last podcast. So I knew this is a strong striker too. And finally, number 10, Katai came on, who was 
also injury for a longer time. Mm. So um, all in all, if Belgrade will have these players that came along in the second half, will um, if they can bring them into the show from from the very beginning in, in our rematch uh, early in November, um, then yes, this with this more quality squad and with the um, loudness of the fans with like um, 10 or 12 times, um, this is going to be a much, much um, harder thing and harder not to crack. I agree. Hopefully Timo Werner won't get dizzy. But I think it's a much more much more mature team now. But it's going to be tough. It's not going to be an easy ride. Uh, we could qualify with another win. We could actually qualify for the last 16 and um, go through quite early. But that's in two weeks. I think a lot of it will happen in the meantime. It's just that that Xavi strike was was excellent. I thought he was he had one of the better games last night, and he scored his first Champions League goal. I didn't realize. And when he was jumping on top of those um, advertisement thingies, don't know what that is in English. <laughs> um, I was really hoping that he wouldn't injure himself in the process because uh, he was trying trying to keep his balance. I thought, hey, if you get injured now, come on. Um, that wouldn't have been nice. Also, I think um, good, good signs from Dani Olmo. You could you could really see he made much, a lot of a difference. And when we, when we walked back, uh, people started griping about Timo Werner again. And Timo Werner, I think um, he's really trying and he made a really positive impact. Don't forget, um, before the third goal and the decisive goal, he uh, actually ran down the field on the left-hand side and got a, a corner kick, which then led to this ping pong third goal um so i hope he gets uh, more time to play i'm not sure if he should be there from the start from the beginning and the starting 11 but he needs to get back into and he's clearly trying trying to his three finding he's got the qualities he's got the he still has the pace so i had a slight discussion with one of rb supporters and i told him hey you know did you see his action before the third goal and they said well i was on the loo so I said, well, you missed it. <laughs> you got no leg to stand on, mate. Um, also, Baumgartner, I think, did, uh, did a good job when he came on. But all in all, I think all the puzzles are not do not fit yet, Richard. Or do you think the team is 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 a good good gelled and oiled machine? No, clearly not. You, you nailed it. Um, we can... <clears throat> excuse me. We could... Like stick this together in, in a simple um, in a simple truth, and this goes like we got great individual players, but there's still lack in cohesion between the, the different parts of, of the team. So yeah, mm. that's exactly my takeaway uh, from that match. Wonderful. To be honest, I don't have a key takeaway. I just uh, did enjoy it in the end, um, and uh, I'm just glad they're getting the results. They're not playing very badly at all. Playing quite well, but you can feel that there is huge potential there. But the biggest kick I got out of you, out of the last night's game, is is halftime. When they started bringing on these old player and this old coach, Mr. Zorniger, and they started talking about the year 2013. And your, your eyes were lightening up. You tried to tell me something with your non-existing voice, which sounded like... <laughs> and was too much to type in. Um, so please... Tell me everything you wanted to tell me yesterday. <laughs> okay. Um, I will try at least, uh, because you may, you may hear it, my, my voice starting to dismiss. Um, so, yeah. It was the 
uh, the players from the 2012-2013 campaign um, that were finally able to bring us into the third league. So, um, and and uh, our stadium speaker Tim Turke um, talked about the bottleneck. Did, did you did you get that? He talked yeah. about bottleneck Regionalliga. Should um, I? Can I briefly explain that maybe? Because yeah. this has been bugging me ever since they started. You know, German football, we have three professional leagues, three tiers. The erste Bundesliga, zweite, and the third Bundesliga. And these are, let's say, nationwide leagues. And below that, you have regional leagues, like a conference. So if you move up from a conference league to the third tier, this is a huge step. That is really significant. And But in the conference, in those leagues, not every champion gets automatic promotion. So the champions of the conference league Regionalliga in our area um, usually have to go through playoffs. They play the champion of another league. These are is, is one leg and then there's another leg and the winner out of that, similar to 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 the cup uh, final uh, to the cup games. And um, so you could win your league convincingly, but then bottle those two games. And there you go, starting from scratch. Um, so this is a really significant step. And in 2013, Richard, um, that was my first game that I watched for uh, at, at RB Leipzig. Um, that was the first leg of those two games when they won 2-0. And I was impressed that there was 26,000 people. But I thought the football was dreadful. It was really dreadful. <laughs> Non-entertaining whatsoever. <laughs> but I understand you actually have been around since 2009. I mean, you have been around longer, uh, but you've been supporting RB Leipzig since 2009. And I attended the, the first leg game as well. Um, mm. and, and as a... And as I remember, yeah, because it was not twenty six. I think that even even were thirty thousand uh, um, people in, in the stadium, which was yeah. a record for the fourth league uh, back today. So congratulations, you were a record holder uh, as well as I was. <laughs> oh, thank you very much. <laughs> <laughs> okay, but yeah, I think I don't know how much um, we were in that uh, second leg away game at Lotte, but. Um, there was a, a charter train, a special train, um, mm -hmm. which consists uh, of 14 coaches and, and the locomotive, um, of course. And the train uh, was up to, was off to Lotte. But since Lotte don't get a station, the train uh, traveled to Langerich. Okay. Um, I have no idea where both of these places are. They are somewhere out in the sticks, to be honest. Uh, yeah, if if you don't uh, push the brakes hard enough uh, in front of Lot, you're, you're in <laughs> like the Netherlands. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay. But, yeah, so we had to get off the train, but uh, the first funny thing was that the uh, train attendant uh, called over the train radio um, that we were not allowed to leave the coaches in the uh, last, very last, the last but one coach because the train was too long to fit <laughs> to fit in its whole length to the platform. So we had to get off um, out of the first 12 coaches and then... Um, could walk into shuttle buses and uh, would drive us, to, I don't know, last 10 or 20 kilometers um, to the Lotte Stadium. And so I think it was around 1,500, maybe even 2,000 Leipzig supporters um, in that away game. And But 
that game went horribly wrong in, in, in the first half and in the second it wasn't get better because I, I think after 20 or 24 minutes a lot of scored at one nil and I do remember as if it was yesterday that Tobias Villas who scored a goal uh, <laughs> um, party his skull right in front of, of the Leipzig supporters in a very arrogant way and, and always on their toes um, and, on, and on the fence and uh, wanted to, to um, talk to him uh, <laughs> I guess and wanted to explain him um, that this is no proper behavior um, <laughs> in a very calm way <laughs> in a very calm way yeah. calm and collective hmm. and, uh, we, 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 we couldn't make it um, and as the time was nearly up, Lotte finally scored it 2 nil in the ninety in the in the added time, and I think it was ninety plus four or something like that. And we all thought, "Oh no, it, is, it can't be the truth. This is cannot be. We're in the third year in a row in the Regionalliga, and we beat them two nil, and we are the at the club with the better individual quality with the multi-million uh, sponsor in the background, and we we finally." Um, or taken off this race by a sport for a lot of this, this will not this cannot happen mm. um, but this feeling luckily didn't last long because um, the same to be as Villas um, that scored the early lead for Lotte um, scored that an own goal um, in, the, in the early into the um, extra time and back to days the away goal rule uh, was enforced so with this 2-1 or with this 1-2 um out of the side of RBL, um, that was basically over because um, they didn't have the stamina and the quality to score two more goals in that final 25 minutes. And with Tobias Willers scored his own goal, um, I think the same day or maybe a few days later or on the train, I don't know, um, the fans developed a, a chant and that it was, goes like, Ohne Willers wären wir gar nicht hier. It actually means that without Willis, we wouldn't be here, so not, we wouldn't be in the third league. And, and another funny part of this story is that Tobias Willis um, transferred after that season to RBL. I know. And played, and played for us in the third league. Just to make sure he doesn't do that stuff again. Yeah. <laughs> and as far as I remember, he did. He never ever uh, scored an own goal um, again. Yeah, and then we... We uh, went back to the to the passes that uh, brought us to the station in Langerich and, and Langerich and was quite um, euphorized and then happy to uh, we're looking really forward uh, to the six hour um, home drive in that in a train because it wasn't only a train it was a party train so that means that there uh, was one coach with a dance floor and uh, and even a bar and, and, and a DJ. And so, uh, oh. yeah. Every every now and then there was some some little space in that coach, and you can go dancing or, or chatting with friends or do whatever. And uh, shortly after we departed from Langerich, um, there were rumors on the train. There were rumors: "Hey, the team will join us. The team uh, will come onto the train." And, and I could honestly, I didn't uh, take that because no way, no way that this could ever happen because. Um, these are professional football players. They, they they want to to go home. They want to celebrate this huge victory. But um, as far as I remember, I don't know, maybe 15, 20 minutes after we started uh, from Langerich, the train stopped somewhere out of no, I don't know, 
in the prairie, uh, I don't know where, in the middle, in the, in the middle, literally in the middle of nowhere, with a little station, a very short platform, and then we looked out of the window and, and actually saw the bus, the team bus, and then the team, the whole team, the players, the coaches, the staff entered the train. Of course, they had their own coach with, with their own cabins. Um, and they were celebrating for themselves for like, I don't know, 30 minutes, 60 minutes. But after that time, the whole team, all the players started to walk along across the train and you could, you can take autographs. You could make photos. They were dancing with the fans. They were, uh, chanting with the fans in the party wagon and, and there was, they were all over the place in that whole train. And oh my gosh, um, I got I got uh, a really, really uh, intense feeling when I think about it. Goosebumps. And, and, and goosebumps. <laughs> yeah, goosebumps. We're going to talk about that. Thank you, Mario. In the head. Um, so, um, yeah, that was, was my, my connection to those old men that were presented at halftime. Um, our 2013 heroes that brought us to professional football. Well, I'm glad you told me everything now. So thank you. But I could really tell your face was lightening. I'd be like, oh, you know, old memories of going back to 2013. And but um, even by that time, when you started uh, watching the team supporting it since the, since the beginning, you would have gone through two lower tiers already. So that was really really significant point and uh, I, I kind of started going to RB Leipzig games um, when I came to Leipzig and then I was there when everything happened you know next year we would go all the way through to, to the uh, second tier so beautiful thanks thanks for sharing this this is really really good and um, I remember those pictures as well um, some which you showed me last night so you had, you had a really good time great memories so how do we get the link now to Saturday's game? Um, well, tradition, huh? Introducing our next opponent, their maker, Jack. FC Köhle. Lots of tradition. Bit of carnival. Bit of party. <laughs> Köhle, I love. But um, yeah, Saturday night, 6.30. Um, we're going to be playing the erste FC Köln. And uh, if you had asked me two weeks ago, I would have thought, ah, easy number. But last week, they had a pretty good performance playing uh, Borussia Mönchengladbach. Um, so what happened there? Um, they were rewarded with two penalties, and they scored in two penalties. <laughs> they were lucky. Yeah. Oh, you tell me they were lucky. No, but I just, <laughs> I'm trying to tell you that um, if you get penalties and, and convert on those, it's much easier to win games. Right. Ah, we should have remembered that when mm. we played another club. Okay, yeah. You know, yeah. yeah. It's a yes. touchy subject. Let's let's not dwell on it. <laughs> But okay, um, I watched some 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 games um, from SFT Köln in the last um, several days, and I don't have a real idea mm. why they are why they had such a rough start into the season. Because, in my opinion, they never played really bad. Okay, um, they they won the the first game in the in the in the cup against Osnabrück and needed um, extra time for that, by the way, and then lost two games, then had a draw, and then lost four in a row before you mentioned it. Finally, uh, won their first against Mönchengladbach, and they don't, in my opinion, they don't have a real weakness, a real. A weak link, weak player, which you can exploit, which you can attack on purpose. They are, they, they are struggling to score goals. 
So mm -hmm. if if you go into the numbers in the deeper stats, you will recognize that that they have almost um, our stats in X goals and um, X assists and shots on target and shots uh, in general. But when, when, what 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 really really shitty is goals per shot. So we score on every fifth shot when they score on every 25th. And, oh God. And, yeah. Oh God. They have oh God. so many, so do they, they have they, so many attempts? Yeah, they got a really, really problem. They, they ain't got a, you know, in German, we would, we would say knipser. I don't know if yeah. that's an English word for that. So, and, and like an Alan Shearer, yeah. Or a Wayne Rooney, who, who could, or maybe better Michael Owen. So Michael Owen, you can, you can always pass the ball, he always scores. Um, and they don't have such a player. They have Davy Serker. We know which is, which is known by, mm -hmm. by Real supporters because he, he played for us a few years. Um, but but Davy Serke um, is a journeyman in the Bundesliga, and, and, mm -hmm. and in my opinion, never could really um, settle down somewhere. So this is, and, and that's for a reason. Um, yeah, and, and Luca Waldschmidt, Luca Waldschmidt, in my opinion, is, is a very talented player. Um, Had a strong shot and shoots with his left foot, preferred, but also can score with, with his right. But actually, I don't know why, but, but um, he, he isn't able to show it. So, mm. and they also, basically, they only scored seven goals so far, and three of them came by penalties, and all of them were scored by Florian Kainz, and then two goals by Selke and two by Waldschmidt in, in the first eight games. And it isn't really much. That, that's not much. But on the other hand, inside, um, yeah. they only conceded 15 goals. Okay, so okay. now 15 goals is, it, is, is, is not. It's not um, less, actually. Um, but if you look at the table and look where they are in 16 place and then look at the teams around them, uh, they all conceded 20 or 22 or even more. Um, so I expect a really um, a tight game. Mm -hmm. A tight game. And um, we cannot imagine, we, we, we cannot um, expect uh, from our team to work wonders here. Um, so we have to stay focused as always. We have to be efficient as always. Um, but in the end, I, I expect an, a one nil or maybe even a one one if, if things don't, mm. don't develop. Yeah, uh, I kind of feel that as well. It's just like last year, that was, was similar, um, similar tight and, and difficult game. And I think it was a one all draw. So Any predictions regarding the starting eleven? You feel up for it for tonight? Mm, I think maybe Camp, maybe Camp should should get a rest. Um, okay. Oh yeah, because he was he was clearly out of I don't know he he wasn't in best shape um, yesterday night, yeah. and, and even caused the penalty against the Darmstadt game. Maybe he's a little bit overplayed. So um, I wouldn't change our defense. I wouldn't change the goalkeeper. Um, I would send out Schlager, of course, because in my opinion, he was he was the best, our, our best uh, player besides uh, the, our strikers and then Xavi yesterday. So Schlager and Baumgartner, uh, or, no, Baumgartner excuse okay. me, no, Schlager and Heidara in the defensive midfield. Okay. Maybe Baumgartner should get a chance to show what he's able to, to do from the beginning um, mm -hmm. alongside Xavi. And yeah. Paulsen was was quite okay, and uh, we always have to uh, rely on Openda. Yeah, but Openda seems to me 
um, he's kind of getting tired after 60, 70 minutes. Or maybe is that, is that a fair obser observation or am I just seeing things? Mm, maybe. Seeing uh, things, uh, so. No, uh, <laughs> I, I didn't. Uh, I have to admit, uh, I didn't concentrate on that. Okay. But um, I, I'm going to ask you this question every week now. So what about our friend Timo? When's when we're going to have his breakthrough? Um, to be honest, when he came in yesterday, um, I think he, he did it quite well. So yeah, I agree. Ten ten minutes are not much, and in that moments that he have that he had, um, he used to do in in a, in a good manner. And if he maybe gets some some more minutes uh, Saturday night, why not? Mm -hmm. Okay, great. Well, this has been an enjoyable half an hour but thank you particularly for your look back your throwback to history books um maybe at some point we're doing some special episodes where we look more in depth and you can tell us a lot more from those times and maybe what it means for leipzig football and in uh in contrast to to other clubs that we have over here including the first german champions by the way <laughs> um so thanks everyone for listening. Um, if you'd like to get in touch with us, currently you can do this by email at talk to us at rbleglobaltracks.com. On Twitter, we are rbleglobaltracks. And um, yeah, we'd love to hear from you. Thank you very much. Hope to hear you again. Uh, we're going to do our next recording early next week to uh, have a preview of the Cologne match and look forward to Halloween's encounter with the wolves so the german wolves wolves back that is i'm sorry um so yes get well soon richard and i'll probably see you saturday and everyone else auf geht's leipziger jungs mm -hmm.